0: So, if you eat uh, like six or seven times uh, a day, you'll get big. You'll get big. No doubt. But I think also it's a little bit genetic. My mother is a strong woman, big. My grandpa, family very big. When you're little, like you, it's hard to get big. Do you always make your food yourself? I didn't make this myself, only the steak. I only make the steak myself because um, I, know, I learned how to make it perfect, but my mama always makes this. I eat 9 o'clock in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, then training, then after training I eat immediately, then I go home, sleep, but before I sleep I eat, that's number four. Then when I wake up, I eat, number five, then I train again. Then I eat again after training, number six. Then I go home. I eat big, number seven. And then I eat again before I go to bed, number eight.
1: I know nothing about MMA this is episode 7 I'm your host DC not the great one I hope he's enjoying golfing sounds like he is. but on this week we saw Overeem continue his tilt towards a world title shot which will probably be his final run in the UFC defeating Augusto Sakai in a true demolition man fashion also on the card we saw Michelle Pereira actually put it together And put on a performance that was the best of both worlds. Both style and substance. So bravo to him. And another notable victory on this card. We saw co-main eventer over in St. Peru. OSP. Put a brilliant display on against Alonso Manafield, Knocking him spark out. Well done to all those people. And just a bit of housekeeping before we get on. If you're on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you give this podcast... Five stars, because apparently that helps. Apparently that gets you noticed around here. Otherwise, enjoy listening. And if you have any questions or inquiries, just email me at I Know Nothing About MMA at gmail.com. I'll leave my Twitter in the description as well if you want to follow me or DM me. I can't be bothered talking about my handle, but if you just type in I Know Nothing About MMA on Twitter, I should be there. Anyways, let's get right on into the show. All right, let's talk about. Alistair Overeem versus Augusto Sakai this took place yesterday this um, I suppose it was an interesting fight Augusto Sakai in the opening rounds was outworking Alistair Overeem of course Alistair Overeem won the fight by a technical knockout in the fifth round but in the beginning of this fight Augusto Sakai was outworking Alistair Overeem the fight was kind of slipping away from Alistair Overeem it looked like to me but the thing about Augusto Sakai is, is that Augusto Sakai is a volume puncher, a volume striker. He doesn't have any pop in his punches. So every time he was striking Alistair Overeem, there wasn't a lot of menace to those shots. They were just shots that, they were scoring shots, weren't they? They were really just scoring shots to please the judges, because at no point in that fight did Alistair Overeem ever look that worried. And when you're putting five six seven shot combinations on someone you know you should be hurting them with at least one of them right but no I don't think he, you he didn't hurt him at all in the fight so I think that was a telling part for Augusto Sakai why he didn't win the fight why he lost in the way he lost is because when he was striking he doesn't have a, enough power in his strikes to hurt Alistair Overeem. And he certainly didn't hurt Alistair Overeem. Alistair Overeem in the third, fourth, and fifth round, when he finished Augusto Sakai, turned the fight around, turned the momentum of the fight around. And what's interesting about how he did it was that Alistair Overeem is a, you know, everyone knows this, he's one of the best kickboxers in the world. You know, one of the best kickboxers in MMA, period and how he won this fight was relying on his wrestling becoming a wrestler now that's what really won him this fight was the takedowns and I know on the broadcast Daniel Cormier said don't take no don't do a takedown like that but he did it twice in a row the same technique and it looked great and it worked so i don't know i think that was a pretty good technique to use It looked very nice as well. He just took him down and rolled over, basically. You know, if you watch it, maybe you'll understand what I mean. But Alistair Overeem, in his later years, is becoming a more complete fighter. He's adding more wrinkles to his game as his career goes on, which is kind of surprising since he's an older man. And sometimes you can't, or most of the time, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. But Alistair Overeem, he is learning new tricks all the time. And that's why he is one of the best fighters in the world, period. And he showed it today, he really did. Because Augusto Sakai had not been beaten in the UFC. He had not lost in the UFC. He was coming in with a lot of hype, a lot of hope, and it's hard to beat a guy who is undefeated in the U- Well, obviously he's not undefeated in MMA record, but in the UFC, where it really matters, he was undefeated coming into this fight. So for Alistair Overeem to beat him the way he did is pretty spectacular. He dominated it in the fourth and fifth round. The fifth, fourth round, they gave a 10-8. All three judges gave that round 10-8. So yeah, that was a dominant round. And that's because he brought it back to the wrestling He didn't, he adapted, learned that maybe on the feet, the fight is moving away from me. You know, it's running away from me, this fight. And let's just take it down to the wrestling. And his wrestling looked really good. And his ground amount looked really good as well. Like, really, really good. So, Alistair Overeem wins. And the thing about Alistair Overeem as well, which is really interesting, is that Alistair Overeem now is in a position where... He's in like a. You guys might not be wrestling fans, pro wrestling fans, but in 2008 in WWE, there was a storyline with Ric Flair when he was nearly about to retire, and like, you know, on his last run. And he had the storyline where it was like, um, he's either got a, a win or he retires. If he doesn't win this match, he's retired. And Alistair Overham is in a similar situation as well, where every fight he has he has to win because he wants to get this title shot and a a loss really spells the end of his career. So there's a lot of pressure on him when he fights that if he loses a fight, he could potentially retire because why, why keep fighting? It's what he wants, a title shot and a loss, no title shot. So he is in a precarious, sorry, situation regarding that regarding his career. And that's what made this performance much more excellent as well, was the fact that he was able to pull it out the way he did. And he pulled it out. No doubt about it. He really did pull it out. So Alstroverin wins. He gets the nod. Dominant display in the latter half of the fight. Especially when he took it to the ground. And that's an important thing about um, Alistair him Because he's a great kickboxer. Great Muay Thai practitioner. All these seen. Not not just great. Excellent. What, the best. So for him to add more wrinkles to his game like that. The wrestling. And his wrestling has in- increased tenfold. It really has increased. And that's what makes him such an incredible fighter to me. Is his ability to, you know, add more wrinkles to the game, get more wrestling in, and yeah, I mean what more can you say? It's Alistair Overing. The guy's a legend. The guy is a total legend. And what's really interesting to me as well, is the um is his chin. Because he's been chinned quite a few times. He's been knocked out quite a few times and knocked out badly quite a few times, but it seems like his chin holds up, which is, you know, and Augusto Sakai isn't obviously a big puncher, but, you know, you would think (laughs) just a little punch would take this guy down now, but no, his chin is actually okay for what it is. So yes, Alstroverin wins by technical knockout in the fifth round. Augusto Sakai, is the hype gone? You know, was there any hype? I mean... Not really, but that will plague him in his heavyweight career is, you know, the fact that he doesn't have any power in his shots, so he doesn't have any pop in his shots. He's going to find it hard to win fights in spectacular fashion because of that. Yes, he had knocked out two of his opponents prior to this, but the way he knocked out his um, first opponent I think his name was oh, it was you know the the American guy, the footballer I forget his name right now. Um, not Martin Tybora the the other guy. It was because he worked him. It happened late in the fight around um, three in the fight and it's because he outworked him outworked him outworked him you know and broke his will essentially. So he'll have to do that to every guy he fights really. I know he knocked out Tybora and he just steamrolled past that guy but i don't know if tibora represents the upper echelon of the heavyweight division i don't think he does so yes all right now let's talk about the Mikhail pereira fight
0: yeah we all can see i guess a tough guy up and comer, so we kind of knew that he's going to take the punishment. But uh, I was very well prepared, and uh, we did it again at forty years of age. Yes. Amazing! I know you'll be forty-one on May seventeenth, uh, but you're I still sh- forty
1: for now. I'll yeah. try to keep that down. But I, I hope you'll see the outpouring from your fellow fighters that we've seen on social media. All right, let's talk about the Michelle Pereira fight. I did call him Michel. I think it's Michelle Pereira. Um, this was definitely Pereira's best. Performance in the UFC. He beat Zelem Emadaev, a Chechnyan Dagestani type fighter who is coming off a bit of a, um, well, not a bit, this is three losses in a row in the UFC. This is not a great run for Emadaev. This is, um, I don't think we'll be seeing him in the UFC again type of run unless he can put a few wins together. But Pereira in this fight really put the style and the substance together. Like, this was a remarkable performance by Pereira. Like, I'm not that big on the guy. I think the guy is a a bit of a fucking clown, but he really proved in this fight that I'm here to stay and that my showmanship, yes, it can work in the UFC because a lot of the time, the the, backflips, the spinning shit, all this stuff, it doesn't help him. It really doesn't. And in this fight where he dominated and really, yes, the finish was contentious when he got the um, the choke finish, the submission, but really it didn't matter because if this was going to the judges, this was going to be three 10-8 rounds back to back to back. <laughs> like this was going to be a remarkable victory for him. Like just remarkable. And he showed in this fight how good he can be how brilliant he can be but he is really brilliant when he mixes that style that showmanship the bravado with legitimate substance because his best strikes in this fight were the front kick to the body were the jab you know the one two the jab and the straight when he was throwing conventional techniques not when he was throwing quote-unquote spinning shit I was blown away by this performance, to be honest. Like, really. Again, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm not into this guy. I'm really not. But you have to give credit where credit's due. Because he fought like a monster. He looked far bigger than Imidyev as well. That was a thing. His frame is crazy for welterweight. I think he was saying on media day that he... he Finds it hard cutting weight, or his last, or one of his last weight cuts was really hard. And I'm like, no shit, it was really hard, man. You must cut a ton of weight because he looks huge in the octagon. He really does. And they were saying it on commentary, but it's been known that he looks huge in the octagon. But really, he put it all together in this fight. His striking at least. Yes, we haven't seen him in any grappling exchanges, any worthwhile grappling exchanges. And listen, when he gets to the upper echelon of this division, when he does, he's going to be facing that a lot. It's not going to be flashy striking reigns in the welterweight division. The champion is Kamara Usman, a decorated college wrestler. So yes, it's it's going to be a, a little tricky for him to always use his, uh, brilliant striking, but really it is brilliant. Like it is remarkable. And he has a lot of power in his shots as well. Like a lot of power. Every, every time he touched Imidaev, Imadaev was, he was, he wasn't going down, but he was, my God, he was blown away by these strikes. And that's one of the first times I've seen two, I mean, three 10A rounds in a row in a fight it was just remarkable it was a stunning stunning performance by michelle uh, michelle pereira sorry a stunning performance he is definitely my star of the week for this week and he was saying stuff before the camp uh, before the fight sorry that in camp he was uh, training uh with cows and horses taking them down i was like you are a fucking clown dude You are such a clown. But no, in this fight, he showed that, no, I'm not a clown. I'm a a monster. I'm a threat. And he absolutely is when he puts it together. When he stops the whole playing to the fans that much. You know, and I would be a little bit of a hypocrite if I say I did not like that. Yes, I love the bravado. I love the talking i love the hands behind the back i love the showmanship i really do i really really do but i don't love showmanship when it impedes on your fighting you must mix it well and you must always put the fight first rather than making your opponent look like a fool and the flip side to that as well and listen we've seen the flip side to that we've seen him in some god-awful performances where he, he would much rather play to the crowd than fight. And he's not in a position right now where he can do that. He must fight and he must fight well. And this time around, he fought excellently. This was probably one of the best performances you're going to see in a long, long time. Trust me on that. This was a remarkable performance. Stunning performance. And he... Deserves all the credit in the world for this performance. michelle Pereira is here to stay, and after the fight, he called out Jorge Masvidal. Obviously, he won't get that fight. Obviously, but that's a fun fight, and that's a fight people would love to see when michelle Pereira gets a few more wins under his belt and cements himself as a name in the welterweight division. How could it not be? Like, really, how could that fight not be a fight that you, you know you don't want to see? Of course, you want to see that fight especially after what michelle pereira did in this fight he fought excellently i can't say much more than that it was easily his best performance in the ufc maybe his best performance in his whole career and what made it so brilliant and i hope he understands this is the use of conventional striking trust me that front kick to the body was nasty that one-two combination, the jab and the straight, was nasty. These were horrible strikes. He was blowing Imidyev away. And Imadaev to his credit, is supposedly a fantastic boxer. But he made Imidyev look bang average. Bang average. So... Michelle Pereira, I mean, what more can you say about this guy? The guy's a clown, but the guy's a clown now that he's a problem. He's a problem clown. He'll talk shit. He'll make you laugh. But he's really going to hurt you as well in this fight. And, and that's what he showed. He showed that I can hurt people. I can hurt people badly. And Emma Dayov after this fight was busted up. And yes, the finish at the end of the fight was contentious. It wasn't the best finish in the world because Imadaev didn't tap he was looking to fight uh, the choke and but really it doesn't matter in the in the grand scheme of things whether this is a a submission or a 30 25 doesn't matter, does it you know it's kind of remarkable not even 25 and a, a 24. 30 24 just remarkable just seriously like um. An incredible performance by the guy. 30-24, that's what I had it. Even if it didn't go, just, you know, and just if we pretend this didn't happen, this submission, it's 30-24 on the cards. That's insane. That is so insane. And did he deserve 30-24 on the cards? Yes, I would have preferred him to get 30-24 on the cards instead of a contentious submission because after the fight, people were saying, he didn't tap, he didn't tap. And it's like, that's beyond the point. That's beyond the point now, because he got smashed for three rounds. Maybe the referee could have stepped in and said, or his corner could have stepped in and said, you know, it's over. You're not going to win. But obviously, there's a lot riding on this fight. These guys were coming into the fight with losses, Imadiev, especially coming off back-to-back losses, and he needed this win. And this affair was quite a testy affair as well. Really a testy affair. Before the fight at the face-offs, Emadiev slapped Michelle Pereira in the face. So this was a testy fight. This was a fight that both men wanted to fight. You know, they wanted to get in there and they wanted to scrap. And Michelle Pereira on the night proved that, yes, I'm the better fighter. I've got more tools in the toolbox. And he certainly did. So Michelle Pereira... Once one of my least favorite fighters in the world, is now stepping up in the books. And yes, this week he is the star of the week because that was just a tremendous performance. So well done to Michelle Pereira. Let's give him a hand. All right. All right, let's get on to the next fight. He says he ran
0: with animals. He's talking about horses, sheep. What kind of animals on a farm?
1: É, quando você fala que você treinou né, com os animais, você correu com os animais, que animais foram esses que você treinou Foram cavalos, é, ovelhas? O que foi? Ah, eu fiz treino de derrubar boi, derrubar bezerro, de levantar, pegar, segurar é, 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 bezerros. Então, fui um, é, 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 correr com os cavalos.
0: Correr no, no meio dos animais. Então, foi um ambiente muito gostoso,
1: foi um ambiente muito é, 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 diferente de se treinar e eu amei muito, foi muito legal, me senti muito bem treinar no meio dos animais. Uh, so, I train with cows, and working on taking down them and running with horses. I had different experiences with different animals and just try to work on different strategies and bring something new to the octagon. Alright, so I know I skipped over the real co event, which was Ovin Saint Prue versus Alonso Menafield, but come on. The Michelle Pereira fight was the real co main event, okay? I think we can all agree on that. This was a, you know, this was a fight that happened, I suppose. Um Alonzo Menafield, he's had some good wins in his career. He's beaten Paul Craig and hey Paul Craig is you know he's not as bad as people think. I think I think Paul Craig's actually a pretty good fighter. So I gave him props for that. Ovin St. Peru, I think, is a very underrated fighter, very undervalued fighter. I think he's very good. I think if you share the octagon with John Jones in the UFC for a fight like the one he had, his comeback fight, you are pretty good. You know, so yeah, he is pretty good and He's had like 100 Von Fluchokes, obviously, he hasn't had 100. But you get what I mean, right? And that's a very hard technique to put on. So, yeah, I think he's a lot better than people think. And a lot of people, if I'm correct, thought Alonzo Menafield was going to win this fight. And the problem I have with Menafield is he relies on his power too much. If he can't get you out of there inside a round, then, you know... There isn't many wrinkles to the guy's game, right? And he got found out in this fight. He got knocked out, and he got knocked out badly. He fell right on his uh, face. Daniel Cormier relived the Manny Pacquiao, Juan Manuel Marquez uh, knockout, where Marquez like knocked Pacquiao out tremendously in their fourth fight. I'm sure everyone remembers that. That was a killer knockout. Um. Yeah. Shades of that, I guess. But you know, really, it wasn't. uh, It wasn't the same, right? (laughs) Because a lot more was riding in that fight. But over in the same Peru, just uh, caught him rushing in, caught him with a left hook, and made him fall straight on his face. And over in Saint Peru, he never really looked that much in danger in this fight. Alonso Manafield wasn't ever really going to catch him with a strike didn't seem that way to me anyway Ovin st peru showed great defense great striking defense and he got the job done in the end didn't he and his corner man is a wild man i love it he's laughing like a maniac what an awesome guy so yes osp gets another victory under his belt this was uh his first fight at light heavyweight since moving up to heavyweight fighting Ben Rothwell and they made that note in commentary where um, really the power of Menefield shouldn't really bother St. Pru that much because he had fought on Ben Rothwell who was, he's a heavy handed guy. He's a big lad that guy. So didn't really phase OSP when he had to throw hands with Menefield, and you know, they threw hands and, one person got knocked out and it was not osp and osp actually said that in the pre-fight promo where he said "Menafield's gonna feel my hands and he's gonna say oh shit i'm in trouble here and he was in trouble so osp gets the win again just the fight that happened so yes let's talk about the next fight on this card <laughs> Again, which is just another fight that happened. Not, not a lot of storylines are coming out of this fight other than the Michelle Pereira and the uh, Overeem continuing his run at 40 years old. There's not many storylines coming out of these events, but yes, we'll carry on. Okay, also on this card, we had Andre Muniz versus Bartosz Wabinski. And again, this was another short fight. This was... Again, not much happened, except that Andre Muniz put up a marvelous submission, a very technical submission. He was in guard. It looked like he was going to go for a triangle choke. Did not go like that. As soon as he got the triangle choke locked in, he switched to an armbar. Well, as soon as he knew he couldn't get the triangle choke, or maybe that was just the plan all along to get the armbar, was to switch from the triangle to the armbar and it was a marvelous technique probably was submission of the night but yeah there wasn't a lot to talk about other than that andre muniz um he could be good this was a middleweight fight um i'm not so sure how he's gonna look that's really all i gotta say about this fight there wasn't much to talk about in this fight to be honest Not a lot happened. Muniz picked up a beautiful submission. That was really all that happened in this fight. But hey, it was a brilliant submission. A world-class submission. So props to Muniz for this uh, submission. Great armbar. And yeah, that's really it. All right, and also on this card, we had Brian Kelleher. And he fought Ray Rodriguez. He had two replacements for this fight. He originally was supposed to fight Ricky Simone, which would have been a cracker fight. That would have been an amazing fight. Ricky Simone's cornerman had COVID-19, so they had to scrap that fight. Then Kevin Nadvedad stepped in on short notice, and he had to step out again. He couldn't fight in this fight, which was, you know, a god. Incredible. So, um, so he ended up fighting Ray Rodriguez. This fight was on, like, one day's notice, and... Yeah, he got the job done. He got a guillotine submission in the first round, very quick guillotine submission. Isn't much to talk about in this fight. Isn't much of a story to talk about. Other than the fact that Brian Kelleher, yes, he is a natural bantamweight, but during this COVID period, he's been taking fights on at featherweight. And yes, he is definitely more suited to bantamweight given the frame and the size of the guy. He's only like five foot six or something. So yeah, he'd be a really small featherweight, but it's really cool to see him, you know, step between both weight classes. I wish more fighters would do that more frequently. Yes, we have um Habib 2.0 Chimov. God, I hate that guy's name. I swear to God, one day I'll get it right, but it's a re- I don't know, it's a hard word. You know, all these Russian guys with their, you know, all these Eastern European names. Ah, ah, we need some more, you know, I don't want to say normal names, obviously, but, you know, we need some more phonetically uh, pleasing uh, words, you know, names for my ears, because these are crazy names to say. So, yes, Brian Kelleher, you know, we need some more Western words, right? Brian Kelleher gets to win. He does well. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, he did say after the fight as well that he wanted to <laughs> face Daniel Cormier in a round of golf. That would be great. What a guy, you know? I'd love to go golfing with Daniel Cormier. His swing looks absolute garbage. That's good. Hey, he'll get better. He'll get better. It's definitely better than my swing, I'll say that. But um But yes, he wins with a guillotine choke. Not much else to say about this. Won't do much for him since this was a a late notice replacement, not even the first late notice replacement, so yeah. It's another win under his belt. You know, what will you know. He did what he did, right? He did what he was supposed to do. So, yes, let's get on to the next fight. I mean, when you fight Brian Keller, you got to protect your neck. You've got to protect your neck. I mean, you cannot take a bad shot against baby Okay, and another fight we had was. Araujo, Viviane Araujo versus Delarosa. This was a woman's flyweight fight, and this went the three rounds. Araujo getting the decision, and yeah, Araujo just kind of worked this. Uh, Delarosa over. Delarosa is tough as hell for staying in there, but Araujo in this fight kind of proved that there's levels to this, and that not only is there levels to this, but she's on another level herself. Because, yeah, she was beating her to every pun. She was, I know in the second round as well, De La Rosa was coming back into it, but she just got a second win. To me, that's all that was. Because in the third round, Araujo put it right back on her again. And the judges in between, sorry, the cornermen in between round really didn't need to give Araujo much um, of a talk to get her out there. All they said was, you know what you need to do? Let's just do it. You know that's how easy it kind of seemed for them and she was working de la rosa with these like incredible leg kicks like just dominating with the leg kicks and then also the jab and straight preferably the left and then the left straight when she switched dances so the left jab and then she switch dance and throw it left and she was hitting it every single time with that like every time and De La Rosa's face was a bloody mess after a while. It was a bloody mess. So, yeah, this was just another fight that happened. And Araujo, you know, on the back of this win, really looks like she could be a problem at women's flyweight. Women's flyweight isn't exactly the most stacked division. So to have someone like Araujo, who potentially looks like a very, very good fighter... To put her in this division would only, A, benefit the division, and it looks like she could be a problem for this division because her striking looked so crisp. She was, yeah, she looked great. What can I say? And there aren't many women at flyweight who look great. So, yes, this was a fight that happened. Big thumbs up to Araujo. I think she's going to be very good in the flyweight division, from what I saw at least. You can only beat who's in front of you. Maybe De La Rosa isn't the greatest fighter in the world, but you can only beat who's in front of you. And in my opinion, she beat her in every round. Yes, the second round, it was kind of slipping away from her, but I would have still given it to her because I thought she fought better in the round. <laughs> so, yes, that's what I have to say about that fight again it was just another fight that happened you know these are just fights that happen guys there's not a lot of stories you know i i I nearly told myself yesterday i was like i don't know if i should do these two you know the next two weeks especially when we got the angela hill card coming up i will do it but i'm you know it's just they're not the best cards and i'm getting i'm already getting kind of fatigued doing these cards that don't really mean anything so yeah, this is a card that definitely didn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. Obviously, the again the biggest story was Overeem getting that victory, a really good victory, and yeah, and it's not just a victory, but a victory that prolongs his career. So that's really the only story, and Michelle Pereira to really come out of this card. So and every other fight was just a fight, wasn't it? So yes. All right, and the first fight on this card was Hunter Azur versus Cole Smith, and yeah, this was a very good scrap. This was a good fight. Both lads really wanted it. They were hungry. But yeah, that's really all it was, wasn't it? It was just a fight, not much to talk about other than that. Hunter Azur gets the unanimous decision. He fought well. He neutralized Cole Smith for large parts of the fight, putting up against the fence. Cole Smith in the second round had a good second wind. He looked like he won that round. So, yeah, 29-28 to Cole Smith. I mean, to Hunter Azur, sorry, is what I had it. But, yeah, there isn't really much to talk about in this fight, is there? Really? I mean, the one thing I would talk about is after the fight, and Hunter Azur needs to step up those mic skills, baby. I know this is a real athletic competition, but we in the sport to make money, okay? And one of the ways you make money in the sport is by being great on the mic, by being great on the stick. Yes, I come from a pro wrestling background where that is—it means a lot more, but you, you see that with fighters who, listen, I, I always tell the story of you've got two boxers, right? Chris Eubank. Chris Eubank um, and Steve Collins chris eubank senior and steve collins ended up beating chris eubank but chris eubank historically when we think about these two fighters history favors chris eubank as a personality as a not so much a fighter but as someone that we can look at and think wow he had it all he had he was the package Steve Collins was a better fighter, was a better boxer, beat Chris Eubank, but he didn't have the package. So Hunter Azur, if you're listening, let's pick those my skills up, baby. You know, he just seemed a little off in his post-fight interview, but you know, whatever. He's a fighter. It's just what he does. Yeah. And really, that was really it for this show. That was really it for this event. Not the best event in the world. It was a yeah lots of finishes but yeah you know it wasn't the greatest event of all time not all the stories came out of this event and yeah sorry for seem so flat because this really wasn't an amazing event but yes i bid you adieu hope you've had fun listening to this and by the way i've just started editing this on totally different software so if it sounds really weird i apologize we've had to start literally from scratch again with new software new everything new hardware new everything so hopefully he isn't so whacked out but yes thank you for listening this has been episode seven i'm dc not the great one he was on the stick tonight which was awesome he was in the booth love and john anik and daniel cormier are the two best They are a great pair. We don't even need a third man when they've got Daniel Cormier and John Anik on because they are really good. I know for pay-per-views, they like the three-man commentary team, but you really don't need it with those guys. Daniel Cormier is a brilliant color commentator and John Anik is probably the best play-by-play commentator in the game, 100%. He is just a marvel. He is a god at what he does. And Daniel Cormier, as a color guy, better than Joe Rogan in my opinion so when Joe Rogan inevitably leaves the UFC I'm not going to be too sad because Daniel Cormier he showed today that he is a top top guy on the booth yes he's a top guy as a fighter but he's a top guy as an on-air personality for ESPN and UFC as well so anyway that's just my thoughts on that and yeah Thank you so much for listening. Again, I've said it once, I'll say it twice. And yes, bye bye. Thank you. This has been DC, episode 7 of I Know Nothing About MMA. Let's get out of here. Bye bye.